you're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the kind of movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Benjamin Chapman. Uh, should I do my German Kurt Wagner for this whole episode? Yes or no? Uh, yes, I think that's... Let's see if you can keep it up for an hour. No, I changed my mind. Hi, I'm Ben. Welcome to X2 X-Men United, the podcast where we just do that movie over and over again. Wait, is that the premise? Sorry, Pogues, I was struck on the head right before this episode. So, no. Yeah, we'll just go with that. It's either that or the one where you speak in German and pray every so often. It's, it's How fine. many episodes are we into uh, this podcast about this one movie? Just the first time. Oh, boy. I quit. How many quit jokes do I have yet? Is it, is it, are we done with that one yet? I think it's got to be about 85 at this point. <laughs> what, what episode are we on? We're on 82, uh, 160 we, movies. Yeah, you've had to have quit a couple of times. Yeah, we probably tapped that well. Uh, we watched X2 X-Men United, one of my least favorite named films I think we've covered so far. Yeah. I don't like yeah. it. It's definitely a uh, confusing name sequence to name a film I mean, like, like number two but not by the title of the first movie <laughs> you know it's rare that you have a movie with the number two for a sequel and then you're like but yeah but just change the name people understand it was a sequel to the other movie was x-men 2 like that that big of a, of a no-go like I, it's I it's very weird and two it's just so odd because like why wasn't it just like x-men 2 united why did it have to be right. X2, X-Men United? Because it's so weird. It's, they put X-Men in the title anyways. So why not just call I it mean, X-Men 2? It's not like, it's not like you know, Captain America 2, the first Avenger. Like, that's too much. Like, it's, <laughs> I don't know. Just It would, all, it, it would be like as if they named the second Spider-Man movie S2, Spider-Man Returns or something. <laughs> it's just so it, weird. If you ask me, I think this is the biggest sin Brian Singer could have uh, committed. Hold on. I don't know that video about Brian Singer. Let me just Google it. You're going to want to not do that. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> it turns out this was the least he could have done. Oh, boy. You know what happens to a sexual predator when they're struck by lightning? Wow, the same thing as everything else? <laughs> I mean, I hope worse, but yeah. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Ugh. I can't even applaud well, that joke because it referenced the terrible one from the first movie. This film came out in 2003. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, mm-hmm. it's not part of the... Uh, it's too early and from the wrong production house to be part of uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So it is completely removed from it. Um, it it did keep its own sort of chronology going with uh, Logan here being introduced in the previous movie, being in this one, and then like a thousand movies from here on out. Including yeah. a movie in which she... In which no other X Men but him appears, uh, or from, from the original cast, which is that um, that first class movie. He's in that. It was a cameo appearance. That Boy. is true. Yeah, he is. I forgot about that. He really locked it down. You know what else they locked down for this one? That Ace Ventura two haircut. That doesn't work, does it? <laughs> I when they cut to him in the very start of this movie, I was like, Oh, that's right. There's no way not to make that haircut look stupid because it looks like a weave on top of a toupee on top of like extension. It's so weird. Instead of it like just go like growing out and like being pulled back, it does like this weird like Bram Stoker's Dracula like curl in on itself on the back. Whenever you see him from behind, it's deeply upsetting. And it does not look very good from the front either. It's odd because he doesn't always have it he only puts it on when he like suits up for a mission yeah it it becomes like more like it becomes fuller like he does he goes and puts some hairspray in yeah it's like it's like spiked the fuck up when he's in the base but back when he's just in like bobby's parents house it looks like a normal it looks like a normal man you know yeah he just looks like a yeah he just looks like an older dad guy i it's it's almost like he's trying to do like a clark kent glasses thing like we won't id him because his hair is too stupid well if his hair is pointy that means he's gone full wolverine i guess and he's yeah, also in like uh what's essentially it's not, it's not super saiyan logic, light, so light bondage <laughs> leather that's which is yeah what I I'm love. Not, i've never been too uh, uh passionate about the outfits that they did for the x-men remake uh I, well sorry to get one thing out before we get too far i liked this movie ultimately i did hmm i want 
I want to say that before I take a dump on things. Um, but I just don't really like this, like, <laughs> yeah, this, like, black leather. I, it, it, it seems cowardly. Like, they refuse to embrace the colorful well, uh, creations of the past. I remember when the know? first movie came out, Brian Singer had a thing where he was like, well, I mean, it would be ridiculous for these people to be dressed in spandex. And I'm like, but it's more ridiculous for them to be dressed in, like, full-body, fitted, like, piped leather. Out. Like, they're both ridiculous. Like, you didn't make them look realistic. You just made them look ridiculous in another way. It's not like they're, like, just in regular, like, tactical military clothes. You know, it's not like they are just wearing, like, a regular outfit. They look like they're from, like, some weird fetish website or something. So they just look ridiculous. And he's like, it's yeah, so much more realistic. He's like, nobody would choose to fight in full leather, by the way. That'd be like one of the it, worst costumes to fight in. It feels like a vestige of like the late '90s when we we just we put Batman and everyone into like black leather. We thought that was just what badass looked like. Um, we're just wrong. It it doesn't. It, I don't like anyone's fucking outfits in this movie. They bug me when they're in them. Yeah, and, um, and they just look so wildly uncomfortable too that I'm just like, ah, if I had to like save the world, I'd be like, can I just wear like some shorts and like a t-shirt? Do I have to have this weird leather outfit, which doesn't seem to help me at all? Yeah, uh, and another vestige of an old time is this movie's got like a pretty unnecessary animated like gene splicing cgi sequence to get you into the movie and i've just never liked those it just makes me think of like i'm about to watch a television show that didn't put enough time into its interest sequence because it's just like the soundtrack i wouldn't call iconic so it's just this sort of like weak weak brian singer like audio coming in and like a bunch of flipping panels and dna helixes and i'm just i just i don't this was an era where every movie had to start with, like, a bad CGI, like, fly-through, like, the Spider-Man. At least the Spider-Man ones had, like, images from the previous movie to be like, this is... Sure. You know, yeah, at least yeah. something. This one is know. just I, nothing. And I feel like I'm being overly nitpicky from the get-go, but I feel like this is... A, no, an it's... Opinion, opinion. It, it, it's, it's an archaic thing that we gave, we should have given up in the 90s but this was like the 2000s well, here's so like we also here's also like a tip when you are going to be like we're gonna have a three and a half minute shitty cgi like not that great music overscore where we're just gonna like list all the cast don't start the movie with a voiceover first and then go into that because that's how it starts it starts with patrick stewart and i was like oh I, th- I thought i remember this movie having a really stupid opening and then it goes to the real, and I was like, God damn it! It's like you can't act like you're gonna start the movie and then go to this really boring entrance. It's like, why couldn't he be talking over this and just have made it a longer speech? It was very annoying. And I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm a huge like. Uh, and, I think, and that's and the, go ahead. Go you go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, I think the invention of the intro skip on like Netflix and websites, I think, is like the greatest thing ever invented because. I don't want to watch opening credits. I'm sorry. I know those people all worked hard for the movie and everything, but I just put it at the bottom of a like an establishing scene where like you're showing like New York City or something. Like there's so many things they could have done better. I just hate those so much. They they actively annoy me when they're in movies. Yeah, and and it's it's an even greater travesty because the next sequence, the the uh, White House infiltration sequence is actually pretty fucking good. Yes. In my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's not great. It's it's very movie logic where somehow no one can hit this guy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and he, he exhibits a, a level of expertise that he seems to lose for the rest of the Oh, yeah, of almost film. instantly. That mind control drug also must make him like Bruce Lee. My favorite part is the part where he's just continuously spinning while like bamfing in and out. It's like, that's not how, like, physics works. Like, you can't just continually spin in a circle just because you're appearing and disappearing. But there's a, there's a bunch of good cuts in here. Uh, initially, when he begins his attack, he, he, he teleports into, like, a random adjacent room from where he was just seen and busts out, immediately causing the, you know, bodyguard or the uh, Secret Service agent to shell those multiple targets, which is a good yeah. way to spread confusion. I love the idea that he just teleports so aggressively in one room that it becomes filled with, like, like the brimstone or whatever that yeah. comes off of his ability. I thought that was awesome. I love just the Alan, uh, is it, it's Alan Cumming, right? Um, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, I, I just love that guy just giving that performance everything, whether it's the kind of overbearing accent, whether it's, I... it's that, <laughs> that, that, that creepy, like, I don't know what kind of prosthetics they gave him for his teeth. Like, yeah. but they look, they look realistic. You know what I mean? He like, always looks like a good. pervert. Every time they cut to him, he's just yeah, making, he like, this coquettish, like, creepy face. That was one of my I notes. Him. I was like, this guy's a pervert. I cannot stand his accent. It's it's, it's so phenomenal. aggressively, like, uh, Colonel his, Kurtz. His name, like, it's not a German yeah. accent. No German sounds like that. His name is it's best described when he gives his name, which is, uh, yeah, I'm Kurt Wagner. Like, it's just, like, he, it's it's so heavy on, on, on every piece of and it. And then, like, when he's, even when he's, like, saying the Lord's Prayer, sometimes he does it in German, sometimes he does it in English. It's just whatever the scene needs, because they know nobody knows what it is in German. But, like, even when he's doing that, he's, like, over, uh, like, emphasizes so many words. It's like, that's not how people with accents sound. Like, it was just, it's very jarring whenever he speaks. Uh, the thing that was odd with uh, Nightcrawler, though, is the weird, like, angel symbols that he has, which is not really something in the comics. I, yeah. They, they, they lied I, too heavy on the fact that he has the brimstone thing in the comics to be like, he's a devil. Yeah, I think I think it may have done it, a, like, a little too heavy. Like, the visual aesthetic would have been enough, and then not have him hide in a church and talk about God. Oh, yeah. Like, it's so <laughs> over the top. There's, like, they, they, went, they went all out, which is probably the... I think it's the problem with this movie. Again, I like it, and I'll tell you more more about why I like it. But um, it, it lacks so much nuance. Uh, Nightcrawler being a good example. Uh, I love Magneto. Like he's one of my favorite villains in comics, and I obviously love Surya and McKellen. But the lines they give him are just the bluntest hammer yes. ever conceivably possible. Like he's supposed to be like an orator. He's supposed to be interesting with like. He's supposed to talk to a one of the better heroes and convince them that there's a gray area and and shake their faith. But when he talks like Pyro, again a character that is the bluntest of bluntest fucking yes. instruments, he just says like humans are insects and you're fucking dope, dude. Like we should do dope shit together. And then he's like, you know what? We should do dope yeah, shit. Yeah, th- this and kid's like, just like, like I'm gonna go and join who I know is a terrorist. Also, I love, like, the caddy Sir Ian McKellen moment where he's, like, they're looking at Rogue and they're like, we love what you've done with your hair. I was like, that doesn't feel like a line Magneto would ever say. And it's, like, they, like, the way they delivered it, I was like, this is very weird. It sounds like a line that maybe Sir Ian McKellen would say. Yes, yeah, exactly. Like, it sounds very much like a line that not Magneto would say. But going back to what you're talking about, yeah, he has this, he has, like, almost, like, like, catholic runes all over i will be body. honest i i am catholic i was raised catholic those aren't yeah. a thing <laughs> the stuff that's on his body is like a crop circle it's not a real thing i don't know where they came up with they're like they're angelic symbols it's like that's not a thing those are just circles i mean in uh, the, the thing is independently any of the things i've mentioned would not bother me but when you just like force them all into the same character it's yes. all too too much well, it also serves so little purpose like there's no reason right. to make him so religious and because it doesn't pay off and it's just very weird that he's so religious like it it, it it immediately it immediately makes me think of like a script you know like the intro and like to the scene in the script where it's just you know Kurt appears he's covered in 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 religious symbols he's in a church his first he, he's, he's wearing circus he, pants for he's some wearing reason. circus pants and he's and his first line is like I love God <laughs> like no, his so his first line is uh, get out in German yeah and then he says yeah, right. uh, something about this is the devil or this is the home of the devil now and I'm like. You know you're in the United States. No one speaks German. Nobody knows what you're saying. If you're trying to scare people, don't just yell at them in a language they don't understand. But um, we were talking about those that weird prosthetic. Can we talk about the yeah. other, like, yeah. aggressive prosthetic on Rebecca so Romaine Stamos? That character's not new to this movie, correct? She was in the other one. I can't fucking She's remember. She's new to both of them. I, I, I said new. Oh, new. <laughs> so it was like, did you... Did you not remember the first one? She's nude in that one, too. But she is in the first of, one. Regardless of what you meant to say, yes to both. <laughs> yes, yes. She's nude and no. She's a new nude. Um. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's insane. I mean, obviously, I've seen people in, like, you know, articles or whatever, interviews, talk about how extensive the work had to be to put those prosthetics on. It's insane. I, I, mean, I feel terrible for her. 
Yeah, it does not look fun because it's, it's like you're uncomfortably nude for hours. Yes. Hours. And you're covered in these like weird prosthetics. And then the part of you that's not covered, they spray paint blue. Yeah. Like it would, I mean, I imagine she was just blue for like a month. Like, you know what I mean? Because like, I don't think you could wash that off probably. And it probably just yeah. wouldn't be worth it. You know what I mean? Like you'd it, just be like, fuck it. I'll just be blue for the four weeks I'm on set. And then that's it. I know that was one of, like, um, Jennifer Lawrence's big things was when she was in the new versions playing Mystique, uh, she wanted them to get rid of the nude thing. Because she was like, I don't want to keep wearing this prosthetic. It's very uncomfortable. And so that's why she has, like, a a costume she wears in a lot of the newer uh, X-Men movies. Like, if you'll notice, she's less and less the nude Mystique from the other movies because she's just like, I'm not wearing that. (laughs) It's like, okay, that's fair. I get it. It does seem shitty. Yeah, it makes sense because I I get the the the, the conceit that she's a shapeshifter, so in her 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 base form, she doesn't need to be dressed because she can look like anything. But it just yeah, it seems so immensely awkward, and it brings forth lots of odd questions. So many about questions, like does she not have regular anatomy? Because you see her crotch, and she does not have genitalia. Right. She does, it, does she have an asshole? Zone. You know, you just gotta. <laughs> You gotta ask, like, does she need to eat? Is she like, I don't know. There's a lot of questions I have. Hold on, just real quick. Does Mystique have an asshole? I've been banned from Google. What? <laughs> they can do that? First of all, Google oh, no. definitely has a result for you. <laughs> Google, like, before you finished typing that, it was like, does Mystique? It was like, have an asshole? Uh, uh see, so, so moving past the question, does Mystique have an asshole? What's that? Oh, sorry, my wife's here. Divorce? <laughs> Fuck. Oh, no. Pogues. Oh, no. <laughs> Who knew this podcast could be referenced in so many divorce papers? It's cost me everything. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I don't think her, I think have her in a fucking pair of pants does not ruin the character. <laughs> uh, and I, I will be honest, and this is what, this was like part of the thing that sort of gets me is... I feel like the X-Men movies would be better, and this is going to sound weird, but, like, if they just played up how weird the X-Men are. Like, if she was just in that weird one-piece dress thing that just goes over her crotch, I I would find that less weird than her being entirely nude in the movie and just being like, this is just odd. Why is she completely nude the whole time? Like, if you could make yourself look like anything, wouldn't you be like, I'm just going to make myself look like I'm wearing, like, a suit or pants or like a dress or you know what i mean like why does she choose to constantly be nude i guess cause she has to concentrate but it doesn't seem to be that hard because she pretends to be entirely other people and it doesn't seem to be hard for her to do so it just seems you know what i mean like if you had that power would you be like i'm just gonna walk around buck naked you'd just be like oh, let me put on a pair of pants i yeah it's 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 deeply unnecessary um and so we're we're introduced to a. Uh, uh, all the X-Men, because I mean, there's so many fucking characters in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, there have to be. I'm not complaining about it. It's just, there's a lot to contend with. And I don't think all of them get their time. No, because they, they, they do a lot of, too, like, uh, the students. They try to drop in as many, like, references to other X-Men as possible. Yeah, there's a reference to Shadowcat, who later becomes a full character. There's references to um, uh, Jubilee. The, f- the female version of Banshee, who I don't know who that is. Yeah, yeah, uh, I guess. Colossus. Well, this is a confusing thing that happens a lot. Um, I was actually looking to, I, I was, I was, I was, I was putting together uh, uh, this this uh, a mapping of some of the Marvel characters as a, pro- a side project, uh, and I was looking up some of the X Men's uh, X Men characters when they appear, and I was, I'm like, oh, I remember Emma Emma Diamond appears in one of the scenes, like a woman that becomes all diamonds. You know what I mean? Like, in one of the movies, I think it's, it's the uh, third X-Men. Yeah, it's X-Men uh, Origins Wolverine. Remember, she is... That's it, yeah. That's yeah. it. And I, I looked it up to make sure that that was a reference, and uh, there was immediately a, an article that came up of Brian Singer being like, no, that's not Emma Stone. That's just a character who has the same power. And like, uh, the, the sa- another person has diamond skin? <laughs> what? This, that so is that's... a very bizarre power to have. And one, too, that is, like, oddly not even uh, Emma Frost's, like, main power. She's a, because all, she's a psychic. Uh, right. She's like, uh, what are they called? She's like Xavier. The, the only thing that comes to mind is that, uh, you know, Brian Singer or, or whatever is on set with, like, an extra who's going to be, you know, an unnamed X-Man. And it's like, hey, um, someone, 
Someone give me a power. Just anyone. Just a fart power, jump power. Just give me anything. Uh, diamond skin. Cool, diamond skin. I will oh. say, uh, judging by some of the other X-Men we see like in these movies, I feel like that is how they... Remember the, the kid yeah. in the first one who can just... Uh, his finger acts like a pen? That's a pretty shitty yep. power. But we found, yeah, I think, shitty. what I have to call the newest of all. Like, Could you imagine you're you find out you're a mutant and you're like oh my god you know there's like that guy who can turn his entire body into organic metal there's the guy who can heal any wound any disease there's this dude who can telepathic communicate with every person in the world what what did i get oh i can change the tv channels by blinking something i naturally do repetitively throughout the day and i don't sleep it's hands down the shitty like when would that ever come in handy yeah, I mean, we're presumed to believe he's also just a psychic, which at this point, like, fucking, what are there, 50 of these I, I, guys? I, I sincerely think his mutant Jesus. power is just being able to blink electronics. Like, he can turn a toaster on by blinking, like, looking at it and blinking. Because he does nothing when the bad guys show up. And I was like, he has no other power? Like, it's not, like, electronic-based? It's so bizarre. And then they're just like, yeah, there you go. I'm like, man... Talk about, like, the shittiest luck. You you win the genetic lottery to be a mutant, and then they're just like, eh, sorry, kid, we ran out of ideas. But uh, in the museum, we get the rundown of some of the characters that will actually have names and dialogue. Um, some returning characters we get, you know, we get uh, Halle Berry is back playing Storm, which is fine, although I can't shake the worst line in cinema history. Yeah, and the about. fact that, like... She's just like, all right, I'm going to play this like it's a table read, and you just record me, because I'm not going to do yeah. it with emotion, or... I will, I, will, I will not say there's a lot of acting happening from Storm, but that's okay, because she mostly just does Storm stuff and then never talks. Um, but we get we get Jean Grey, who's, who's definitely the main fixture of this p- picture, because we're supposed to be following her uh, build up to the Phoenix all the way through this movie, um, uh, where she, she sacrifices her own... Spoiler, spoiler alert. Uh, at the end of the film. Yes, in but, a way in which she didn't have to be outside, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, but we get her, and my, my favorite character in these fucking movies is Cyclops, because Cyclops, whether depending on who is writing X-Men at a given time, is um, a Boy Scout, yes. kind of a nerd. Yes. And James Marsden is a super handsome Hollywood actor. But somehow... <laughs> They, they were able to dress up James Martin enough to make him look like a fucking dork in every scene it, and chef's kiss. They did it. <laughs> can we talk about, too, is, like, for most people, I would say Cyclops is, like, the X-Man. It's, like, everybody knows yeah. Cyclops, Wolverine, maybe Colossus, you know, Jean Grey. There's, like, other X-Men, you know, maybe, you know, Angel or Beast or Iceman or whatever, but, like, Cyclops has been like a staple. He was one of the original five X-Men. He's been there forever. He's gone through all sorts of events. You know, he's part of like most of the big events in the X-Men series. You know, one of the greatest, like one of people's fan favorite characters, Cable, is his son. There's all sorts of stuff. These movies are like, well, fuck him. Like they could not waste him more or make him like you said. He just seems like a whiny kid the entire movie. Uh, and the I think the best moment is at the end when Jean Grey is dying and or she's going to die, and she like takes over Patrick Stewart, and he's like having yeah. that emotional like one on one with Patrick Stewart as if she's Jean, and I was like I while Genius. watching it, again I was like oh my god they're gonna kiss, because <laughs> like, it looks so much like he's gonna lean in and kiss him, and it's but like we don't get that lucky. No, it is. You don't get that lucky. It is hilarious though because he's like pleading with Patrick Stewart, who's like just reading a, like her lines. Just like I have to do it, Scott, and he's like, "No, Gene." And it's like this one shot of the two of them. It's there's there's my chef's kiss of this movie is what has to be one of the weirdest, awkwardest scenes I've ever seen. Um, but we get we get Cyclops. We get this this dork James Marsden talking to Gene Gray. And they're 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 fucking chaperoning a field trip. Yes. And out of nowhere, with like almost no dialogue lead up, Cyclops is like, "Hey, I think you're broken, and I think your powers are out of control." I'm like, "Hey, guys, let me talk back at the mansion. I don't know." Yeah, he like walks you're, up you're, because you're, you're you're in a food court. Maybe like. 
We maybe keep it light. Yeah, she could just hear other people's voices, and all of a sudden he's like, Gene. She's like, oh, I'm fine. He's like, you know, your powers have, like, grown in the past six months. She's like, well, this is weird exposition, like... Even if yeah, it, it's even like if it wasn't the setting and they were at the mansion, it would still be like this is an odd conversation for a husband and wife to have. Just like all of a sudden, yeah. like he's like, I've been meaning to bring this up to you in the past eight months. We've been living together and sleeping in the same room. I should have mentioned. I think your powers are going insane. Uh, but that gives us a chance to be reintroduced to Bobby, uh, Iceman, mm-hmm. uh, and Rogue. Actually, uh, I, isn't this Bobby's first one? I didn't remember him being... Oh, I don't think he's in the first movie. I think you're right, actually. I, again, it's been so fucking long since I've Rogue seen comes movies. back with her quote-unquote spotless southern accent. I believe it's the coach who caught Nicolas Cage how to do a southern accent in Con Air. Yeah, it's pretty mild. And she's wearing what I think a middle school student would wear in 1994 mm-hmm. through the whole movie. Um, and but always like old lady gloves, like as if she's yep. going to like a debutante ball. <laughs> Everywhere she them. goes, she can find them as if like it's a thing every person still owns in the nineties. Here's my honest review: both of them are awkward, but they're fine. They're fine, they're yeah. Fine. But I, it's one my of those... problem is with their third friend who's there with them, Pyro. Yes, this 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 fucking diet Fonzie turd who's just going to flick a lighter. And lean against a wall, despite looking that he looks at he works, uh, you know, at Best Buy. He I he don't looks like he could have been a carny. He he's also wearing. I don't know if you noticed in the one scene he is wearing oh flip flops as I'm shoes. <laughs> it's it's. I mean, like because there's so much stupid going on with this character because for a number of reasons. One, he's not tough. You cannot make him look tough. Mm-hmm. B, um. You can't have him play against Logan and try and be a tough guy. He will lose. <laughs> it's also, not going to work. It's also hard to be tough when, like, your biggest, like, thing to make you a badass is you have a big, or a Zippo lighter and you just keep opening and closing it, which does not make you cool. It makes you annoying as shit. <laughs> like, you're like the guy who just clicks a pen constantly. It's annoying, not, like, tough. And he just, all he brings is this, like, failed audition for Greece vibe yeah. to every scene. And worse off is that he's always being like, I'm too cool to like, I don't know, humans. Like, he begins the movie with an attitude. Yeah, he's, he's like he's basically a bad guy from the start. Right away. Like, they play him as badly as, like, the Harry Potter movies do, like, Slytherin House. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's supposed to be, like, this, this house of, like, intense, like, like people who, with a lot of you know, a lot of a lot of uh, uh, you know, passion and a lot of and a really like cutthroat to like succeed, but the movie's like, hey, by the way, over here uh, is the Slytherin house. That's the house where we train our evil kids. Yes, uh, to be evil. Uh, so don't hang out there unless you're one of the evil ones. You know, um, why is that one chubby kid there? Shut up. <laughs> that's what they. That's what they do with this guy, where he's like just outright. He's just yes. got the word bad guy written on his forehead which means later on when he says i'm going to join magneto you're like yeah why were you even at xavier's academy ever how was xavier never like i think this kid might be a jackass like he starts the movie off to i I just have to say this i don't think you've ever been allowed to smoke in a museum but certainly in 2003 you you couldn't smoke in a museum and this kid's like 15 is like i want a light also who has who brings cigarettes to a museum and not a lighter? Like that's just why are these why are these miscreant teens hanging out at a at a science museum's food court? Like yes. I don't even. The thing that's like, also like, weird is they're the only they're teenagers. Like Twenty six. <laughs> the only other the only other kids from Xavier's school are all children. They're like twelve, and then there's these three fifteen year olds who are just hanging out in the food court. And I this I yeah it's just such a weird scene and like they just had to shoehorn in to show that he can control fire. And I was like, you really couldn't come up with one other way than to be like, what if a kid wants to bum a light and he says no, and they all think they're cool. And then and I don't want to, it's just I don't so spend, dumb. I don't want to spend too much time on this one scene, but so much is wrong with it because then, then Pyro does his power, which basically causes a cigarette to comically explode. And a little, like a, 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 a brief, 
I mean, a brief flame jumps to his jacket. Yeah. Um, that could be padded out in one second. But before anyone can do something normal about it, Bobby stands up and casts an ice spell. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, right at this point, nobody would be like, that kid's definitely a mutant who can control fire. <laughs> you know what I mean? All they saw was a kid smoking and then yell and his shirt's on fire. You'd just be like, what a dumbass. He lit his shirt on fire. But, but instantly they're like, like they're mutants. Bobby makes a dramatic superhero pose and sprays the man down with, like, a fucking blizzard. And I'm like, I don't. Also, just a heads Oof. up. Ice, like, he just makes his shirt cold. That wouldn't put out the fire. <laughs> That's not how fire works. Fire isn't affected by the temperature. Except for the thing it's trying to burn. So I guess maybe he could make his shirt sub-zero or something. But 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 to keep it moving, uh, uh, we are then introduced in a sequence back at the White House to William Stryker. A character... I love Brian Cox. Can he be in everything? <laughs> I love the fact that they're like, you have kind of an accent. He's like, I know. <laughs> oh, you, you won't get rid of it? No. No, I won't. <laughs> I'll always be kind of Scottish. I mean, to talk about Brian Cox being like, uh, I'm pretty confident he's a major character in like the Bourne films. Um, he's in, he's in, he's in X-Men 2, of course. He's in fucking uh, he, Super Troopers. He's as in the red. Goddamn sergeant. He's in red. I love Brian doing Cox. the worst and Russian he, accent ever. He brings a lot to this role because he is this sort of intimidating, like, like because because Stryker's ability, not that he's a mutant, is that he's supposed to be just a perfect strategist, right? He's supposed to be able to to take the X Men on because he's almost Lex Luthor esque, right? Like he's able to sort of create these scenarios where they get trapped or he can uh convince them to work against their nature or whatever it is and brian cox just brings this sort of like menacing nature to him right in his first scene that i thought made his character carry the villain role all yeah i think he's end. like a good villain although he makes some weird choices at the end of the movie but i thought sure. he was good he's like very like he seems like the type of person you could be like yeah he's like an older military dude he's not like in great shape now but you know, I bet you he was, like, a badass when he was younger, and he has a personal axe to grind against mutants. And, uh, which I always, I hated that in, like, the First Class movie, they try to set up, like, this thing where he's, like, mad at them already. And it's like, well, I mean, it really feels like he went over the edge when his wife killed herself because of their son. And it's like, to build this thing up where he just always hated mutants is weird, because why wouldn't he just killed his kid? You know what I mean? Like, there would he wouldn't have kept him alive if he hate. Like, they build him up as hating mutants so much in those new movies. But in this, yeah. I like it because this is, too, he kind of explains why he hates it. Like, he did want his son to be cured. He didn't want him to be a mutant. But what really drives him is, like, his son, uh, like, tortures them and his wife kills herself to avoid it. And, and he blames mutants for doing it. And he blames specifically Xavier for failing him. And there's definitely some confusing minutia moments at the end with his plan. But the ultimate arc of his plan for fucking once in one of these movies makes a decent lick of sense. Yeah, he has like, like an actual plan and carries it out. He lights, he using Nightcrawler, he lights the powder cake against the mutants and, and against the United States fucking government. And then uses that as justification to go in and essentially attempt to neutralize the X-Men and then he uses his ability to capture, you know, and he captures some of the better mutants as they sort of are now weakened uh, and tricks one of the strongest mutants in the uh, in the world to kill all the rest of them. So it's it's generally, in broad strokes, a very good plan. Yes, um, and, it, and it actually makes sense. There's no part of it where you're like, well, this is a little... I mean, the only far-fetched part is the liquid they can he can drop on people's necks and it somehow makes them susceptible to mind control. But that's the, yeah. that's like the worst, you know, and it's a comic For book sure. movie. I'm not going to hold, mutants don't exactly make sense because why are they all different instead of like, why don't they all just have the same mutation? So I've already jumped a bridge to begin with. And we get, we get one of those scenes that I think never is very wrapped up very nicely, which is that um, when there is the exchange in the, uh, the prison, which we'll get to the, the very cool plastic prison that I'm a big fan of in a minute. But when we get to the prison, when Stryker takes um, takes down Xavier and, and Cyclops, who's written off of this movie, basically, yeah. at this point, um, he he's shown putting the... the uh, we're, sh- we're shown in the background Lady Deathstrike, like, coming out of her, like, fugue state 
as his, you know, like essentially slave. And he applies more of this, you know, confusing science medicine to keep her uh, under wraps. Um, why are we given that sequence to sort of pity her? To be like, fuck, this badass is just being like leashed around by William Stryker. Only for her to just be murdered, slaughtered in the most grisly death sequence in any of these movies. It is and very it, weird because I forgot that she was mind controlled. And I was I was watching the movie. I like my first thought was like, "Wow, dude, I'd have an alarm that tells me to re up their drug like an hour before it would wear off." I certainly wouldn't wait for her to be like, "Hey, wait a minute." But then I was like, "Wait, Wolverine kills a woman who's not in control of her own faculties and like brutally murders her." And, like, completely removes the Wolverine Lady Deathstroke, uh, like, storyline. And I was like, wow, why couldn't they have just been, like, she was one of the Weapon X's and she just works for Stryker. Like, she knows what's going to happen and she's fine with it. She hates all mutants because she hates Wolverine or something. You know what I mean? It was so weird that they were just, like, innocent woman filled full of antimantium till it comes out of her eyes. And it's the, the, the... Utterly the most grisly death as she comically thuds to the bottom of the tank that she was uh, uh, yes. fighting over. Pretty fucking brutal. Um, not as brutal as the sequence where we cut to uh, <laughs> the Xavier School of, for, for Gifted Students. And fucking Brian Singer was like, okay, so Bobby Drake and Rogue are dating. What two teenagers that are dating do? Ah, thumb war. Mm-hmm. that's it that's what they're doing uh we cut to them in a fucking room having a thumb war well they can't they can't touch although i guess they don't understand that you can give a hand job with a glove on <laughs> well that's science I, that's, that's an avenue i didn't we didn't want to approach yet <laughs> oh, uh, oh sorry different podcast but i just love this this co- such a fucking removed idea of how teenagers hang out they're just yes. gonna be hanging out Doing, having a thumb war, which immediately turns into a romantic kiss. It is the stupidest piece of, of, it, of it is also, cinema. I, <laughs> it's also very weird because they keep setting up uh, that, like, they're both just horny. Like, Rogue, like, wants some Wolverine. He's like, ah, oh, it's not what you think. I wish it was, though. It's like, ah, oh, calm it down, dude. You're, like, 15. It's so weird. They keep, like, hinting that they're, like, they both want to fuck, but they can't. And I'm like, this is deeply upsetting. And then they cut to that, and I'm like, never mind. This is deeply upsetting. <laughs> like, somebody so far removed from children. But uh, at the Xavier School, we get the the raid uh, that Stryker uh, initiates, which, by the way, amounted in a lot of American military casualties. You oh, make the news. so <laughs> many. Wolverine kills, like, 40 people easily. you think that would make the news the next day. Not a great plan, Stryker. But, um... Uh, <laughs> What yeah, I there's really a lot of, like, here's an idea, too. Uh, if you want to sneak in and try to catch them unawares, don't bring helicopters. Just a tip from me to you. Don't pick one of the loudest modes of transportation to be like, all right, let's bring some Apaches over it's upstate New York. Because they're not at all equipped. I mean, Stryker is not surprisingly equipped for this job because they get six at the end of the, the whole endeavor. They don't kill anyone, as mm-hmm. far as I can tell. No, they, he just have he him. wants the mutants. Yeah, and he gets six, I think, yes. total. Six they, or four? Six it might only be four. I mean, how many kids you think were there? They seem like a lot. So well, here's the... it's, it seems like a pretty big fucking failure. Oh, it's a huge failure. But all he really wants is Cerebro. Fair. That, that's, he's that's, he's that's taking the children, as he says later. I'm a scientist, and when I do an experiment, I want to make damn sure it's working. So he's basically kidnapped these kids so he can make sure that Xavier is killing the mutants. But this scene has a moment where they introduce uh, Colossus, and I guess they were like, it's too expensive to animate a person with metal skin, so we're just going to cut him out of the movie. But Xavier's school for gifted children. Mutants are not well-liked, you know? It's like a thing that's already in existence. People don't like mutants. This is a school full of mutants, but children. His escape plan for these children is basically a sewer that empties out into the woods. Where did those kids go after this? Because they're all like in their night clothes or shirtless, and they're just running through the woods. 
to where? They're in upstate New York. Like, there's not like there's a big city next to them. That, to me, I was just like, wait, what the fuck? This was his whole escape plan? Was just like, good luck, kids. <laughs> and then, what happened to him over the next, like, four or five days? Because this movie takes place over several days. And they never, like, we went no. and got the kids situated somewhere. We, we found them. There's just no reference to them again until they show up at the end of the movie. The only continuity I do appreciate is when they cut back later to Bobby and Rogue and Pyro, who escaped separately, Bobby is still in his boxers. Yeah. (laughs) I thought that was really... It was unnecessary, because if he walked in clothes, I wouldn't question that he found clothes somewhere. But I thought it was funny that he he walks into his old family suburban home in his fucking underwear. Um, it's also weird when you think about it. He was in the kitchen in his boxers and a t-shirt eating ice cream. It's gross, man. There's kids around. That's fair. He also Um, blows in Logan's soda to make it cold. One, why wasn't it in the refrigerator? Who keeps soda in a cupboard? But two... Now you're just nitpicking. You don't blow into another man's soda. Like, you just hold it and make it cold. You do always say that. That's true. That's that's my family crest. You never blow in another man's soda. Something I don't want to bypass too much is I fucking love uh, uh, Magneto's cell. Um, I It's so ridiculous. It's so absurd. Just this dangling glass box above like an empty like silo pit, m- missile silo somewhere uh, with this like vacuum seal like uh, extended. Yeah, extended like an extended and, tube to like the air, like a space shuttle. And a, and a guard that they appear to be paying $9 an hour because it's like a mall security guard. Yeah. It's like, it's. I feel like if you ran like a super prison like this, you would make sure that your guard could at least run a mile. Like this yeah. guy could not do two push-ups, and they have him like guarding one of the most dangerous people in the world. I don't think that's how prisons work. But uh, the thing I love is he has like a pool float for a bed. It's like one of those clear, like you blow it up with air, and I'm like, couldn't they just give him a mattress without springs? Like, what? <laughs> I mean, not everything has metal in it. I find we're gonna give you some. We're gonna give you some, just some shredded newspaper in the corner. Yeah, like a gerbil. <laughs> I also there's a great line where I don't know if you caught it when um, Stryker is talking about having access to uh, Magneto. He's like. Uh, my my division or my company or something developed the technology to imprison him. And it's like, you guys created plastic? Because it's just a plastic room. There's no technology. All this shit already existed. It's just all made of plastic. I like the way he tries to take credit for it. You know, he's like, well, we created clear everything. <laughs> Which is the other thing I yeah. love is, it's not only is it plastic, everything's clear. Like, every part of it is clear. The bed's clear. The desk is clear. I think the only thing that isn't is the chairs. Yeah, which isn't how, you know, plastic, like, works. Yeah, usually you don't get clear plastic. Plastic is usually colored. That's what makes um, it so funny to me. Is like, I'm, like, I'm like, why does everything have to be clear? But but something I, I tremendously enjoy is the ultimate escape sequence. I don't care about the science of injecting a man with a yeah. the, the world's largest syringe of metal. And he doesn't wake metal. up the next morning and be like, something's in my ass. Something's very, very wrong with my ass. Uh, but just this fucking... The sequence of him ripping iron out of this fat guard's blood and then creating, like, uh, ball bearings and floating across... I just... it's I love it. I just love it. My like, favorite I, is his weird stance when he's flying on the metal disc and it's like yeah. his arms are supposed to be crossed, but they're too high up, so it looks like he's doing, like, the I Dream of Jeannie. Like, like nod before she grants a wish. It's so weird. I don't know if he was, like, afraid he was going to fall over or something. It's just very funny when you see it. Also, his weird, uh, like, pseudo straight jacket that he's wearing. I remember... Yeah, it doesn't seem like the outfit makes a ton of sense. It just has, like, bands on He just looks like he should be in, like, in a metal band from the 90s. Like, like one of the guys but, from Corn should have been wearing that. But I haven't seen this movie in, like, a long time. And that, that that's pretty common with some of the movies we do. I yeah. saw them when they came out. I haven't seen them since 2003. And so often when we sit down to watch, I'm like, boy, I don't remember a fucking thing. I remember this sequence vividly. Oh, yeah. I remember, I remember it I almost, like, shot for shot. I remember Magneto pulling pins on grenades. I remember, the, like, the Lady Death Strike fight. I remember the, 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 the you know, uh, uh, Kurt teleporting out of the crashing plane 
to like grab Rogue and bring her back. And and so for all of its faults with its clumsy character work and sometimes brutally blunt, dumb dialogue, this movie does so much like right. You know what I mean? I, I that's would my, say I think that. I think that's my argument. Ultimately, is this movie stuck with me despite having not rewatched it? I think since it came I, out. I think this is probably the only like truly good X Men movie. Which is it's not even that good. I mean, maybe first class. Maybe, because Days of Future Past was not really as good as I remembered it being. I watched it again recently. I was like, I remember this being much better. But, like, this isn't a bad movie. And it's definitely the best of the original X-Men. Which isn't really saying that much. But it's better than, you know, Origins, X-Men, X3. It's not a bad movie. There's just a lot of, like, really dumb parts to it. And I feel like it could have been a great movie if somebody had been there to be like i we don't need this storyline or this storyline or this storyline like the rogue bobby storyline really doesn't need to be in the movie it never pays off there is yeah there is same with pyro there's a lot they try to conquer to the point where like when they get into the facility at the end it's almost like a dungeon master is like Okay, you have to go follow your plot line over here, yes. and you have to go follow you. I mean, they just like split into nine groups. And also, I will say this: very much like a dungeon master having to split the party, you just basically stay as they complete one whole task. Like Wolverine, we now see you, and you're gonna see uh, Striker, and then you're gonna kill Deathstrike, and then we're gonna cut to someone else. Oh, here's Gene in uh, Cyclops' scene. All right, we're done with that. Now we're like so much so when the Magneto scene happened, I was like, Jesus Christ, how long did it take this guy to get here? Eighteen things have happened in the time he's walked over here. It's because it's that, so long from the time he's like, I'll go. And again, none of those individual scenes. I mean, some of them could be cut for sure. None of them were particularly disastrous. I liked the, the Lady Deathstroke. I feel like they could have been cut together, and it would have worked yeah. better. Because because when you stack them like that, just in like some bizarre sequential non non chronological order, it just makes an already two hour long film feel longer. Yeah, it, it also makes it very confusing to tell how much time has transpired because like they do the rogue, th- they do the story with um, Storm and them going to get the kids, then they do Gene's story, then they do Wolverine's story. And then they go and do Magneto's, and then they cut back again to all of them for, like, short moments. But you're like, how much time has transpired? Because Magneto's thing should have been the first one. He was just walking, like, down a hallway. Let me me ask you about one sequence, because I want to get your your take on it. Because I can't tell if it's stupid and cheesy or if it's genuinely something I enjoyed. Sometimes I can't tell. Sometimes I am a sucker for dumb, cheesy bullshit. Um, That is when (laughs) when we're, we're given a scene which appears to be wolverine walking in and surrounding himself which seems logical considering he wants to know more about his past i didn't question that at all when i saw wolverine just walking in and surrendering to the guards um somehow which i think is fun striker realizes that it's not him and mystique uh comes comes breaking out i don't quite know how she's able to do cartwheels through a room full of armed guards Uh, everybody in this movie can't hit any target nope nope they're all stormtroopers but I fucking loved her her slide through the closing security doors with the middle finger. Like, it's so unnecessary. It's, it's so dumb, but it is a scene I remember and being like, what, just ridiculous. And I appreciate how dumb it is. Yeah, It's certainly sure. not like I'm, like, brilliant. I'm like, what a fucking stupid scene. But it's enjoyable. <laughs> I, I did enjoy that part. Yeah, and it is like you said. It's one of those scenes. I remember that scene like entirely of it being her and her doing like the weird like the cuffs are off like she's a magician, and then the running and sliding and everything. And I I do like they made all the heroes have most of the heroes get a cool moment. You know, Logan gets to strip people with his claws. Mystique has like multiple like infiltration like uh, uh, ambush sequences. Um, even Iceman gets to like build an ice wall, which is ultimately pointless, but mm-hmm. um, he gets to actually flex his powers. Rogue stops Pyro. Pyro blows up a bunch of cars. Magneto gets to do you know his escape sequence, pull the pins on the grenades, which I still fucking adore. Um, you get you get every single like core X Men gets a, a relatively cool moment. Jean Grey, I think, gets a little shorthanded because she gets to, like sh- like 
like she's deflect like, a rocket. She is also like very pointless in this movie. For like a movie yeah. that's trying to set up the Phoenix saga and all this stuff, she never really does. Like the moments where the Phoenix power takes over, she doesn't appear to be doing anything that's all that difficult. Like, you know what I mean? Like she's trying to stop the rockets and it's like, is that hard for her to do? Because later we see her pick somebody up and like hold them in the air and then throw them. Like she catches uh, Kurt when he falls out of the top of the church after storm tries to electrocute him great way to make an introduction but like is that really that much harder than being like oh i can i can sense the rocket i i disabled its guidance so it's like they make this big deal about her doing it and it's like but is it really that big of a deal it's really weird and then at the end she just dies and like couldn't she have done what she was doing from inside the plane because <laughs> all she's really yeah. doing is just putting a hand out directly underneath of the plane she's just a foot in front of it so could she have just stood in the front of the plane and put her hand out and then made the plane raise and then she would have lived it just seems like her sacrifice doesn't make any sense and they were just like Not to- we have to kill her so we can do the dark phoenix story next and another problem is that the dam breaking is just sort of a secondary thing. it's it's tossed in and i i i'm gonna be honest like they, did i miss the- something what makes it fall apart uh, because earlier, when uh, when Jean Grey is trying to stop the briefly zombied uh, uh, Cyclops, she uses like a big chunk of her power, and like y- you cut to an outside of the dam being like fractured. Oh, okay, so, I missed that part. I was watching this. The residual effect something. of that, you know, takes the you know. I think in the in the chronology of the movie, it happens like ten minutes before, but it's like yeah, an hour yeah. of of like screen time. So. Yeah, because when they cut to the thing cracked, I was like, "Wait, what the fuck cracked it?" Because they cut back to like an exterior shot, and I was like, "Wait, when did this get damaged? I don't remember this the but dam being damaged." It's also just like sort of this tacked on thing because the dam breaking wasn't like part of the plan. It wasn't like part of like his like some sort of doomsday device. It just like he set his base in a dam for no good reason. Also, and, the logistics of where they're at and where the dam is going to break makes no sense because they're at the top of the dam. Like, the place they go in is on a hill where, like, they're standing. So it's like, no, if the dam breaks, you're level with the top of the dam. You'll be fine. It's all the people below the dam that are fucked. Plus, there's got to be somebody below that dam who's dead now. Yeah, I, 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 the whole sequence... like. And it would be fine if they had to escape this dam as like a set piece, but the fact that it's 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 Jean Grey's death just I don't know it doesn't it doesn't carry as and much weight as if yeah, she as yeah. if she like took a bullet for like the Professor other problem Xavier I have is is like I don't, I don't know I don't know it just seems like were they really that far away from where the Blackbird was like because there, there's that many landing spots like it's because I'm like, isn't the Blackbird just like a few feet away you just ran out the wrong door yeah like, I don't quite know the the geography of yeah the, why, the ending scene why rogue had to fly it to a different spot and they all had to run really far to it and then be in the way of the dam and i i don't know it doesn't and then they never explain why the plane doesn't, doesn't work on. after that is it because yeah, she crashed it because they get in it she, seems to be working until all of a sudden the dam breaks and then it's like it stops working because a set piece yeah started. then it has the horror movie you know car won't start sequence happen yeah it's is, just very just confusing unnecessary um and yeah yeah i I, and I don't know why they, she wouldn't let Kurt help because he's literally like this whole thing. Is that he could just like stand with you yeah. while you stop the wave and then take you away. I don't know. It's just like this. They 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 had to they had to just like Kill pound him. this this scene into a, 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 a you know this this square scene into a round peg. They had no reason for this to happen, but they just had to make it happen because they wanted to set up movie three. And I don't really remember movie three very well. It's like terrible. I, it's I can bad, tell you that. but I definitely don't remember the Phoenix being that big of a fucking deal in it. So, She's really um, just more annoying than she is anything. The th- yeah. And, and, but this is sort of the thing that I think my biggest problem with X2 is, is there's just so much stuff that is put into the movie, and because it's in the movie, you lose out on much more interesting stuff. Like, if you remove all the stuff with Bobby and Rogue and Pyro, which really serves no true purpose, you don't. the only scene you really lose is bobby's parents scene that's the only scene where there's like a little bit of exposition and it's not even that it's not worth it it's not good enough to be like ooh, i'd hate to lose i don't know i i think that's a pretty big scene for me i love that it's uh, it's interesting but like does it really further the plot and the answer is no if you cut it out it doesn't do anything well it might not further the plot but it 
it's definitely a, a fantastic way to remind us of like the whole purpose of the X-Men is to reflect the prejudice towards people that don't, that, that, that fall into the minority. Yes. Um, and so, but it's done time, so cheesily and it's done as like a joke, I which I, I call I, it cheesily. It, it's, it's done I mean, as, as a bit, which I was like, this I is recall very alarming. From, from the, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the, the, I think maybe one of the writers I'm spacing on it now, um, someone involved with that, the, the making of that scene, uh, 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 w- what is themselves gay and was calling on, you know, moments of that kind of, the, the kind of garbage conversation you'd have yeah. with someone who is deeply doesn't understand, who would say something like, can you try just not being gay? I think that was the, you know, obviously they're making like a direct, a direct, you know, uh, comparison to it. But I think it's hugely important. But I, it would be if it wasn't played. It's played as a joke when she says that. It's not meant to be serious. It's not meant to be like, doesn't it suck to be a mutant? It's meant to be played as a joke. I mean, it's lighthearted, but I don't know if it's making light. I, I think it's definitely supposed to be like a, on it. I think it's supposed to definitely be like a funny bit, which I'm like, ah, it sort of undercuts the whole point of like his brother turns him in, which never really pays off. That he never has a moment where he talks about that. And that's my point is like that scene's development about mutants could have been put into any other scene. I don't need those characters because you never use it. He never has a moment where he's like, I can't believe my parents and my brother turned on me. Nothing. Because he's a worthless character. He I'm, serves no I'm not purpose. Gonna, I'm not going to argue that nine scenes of Rogue and Bobby trying to kiss was necessary. It wasn't. Yeah, I don't but, think any of them are because he serves no purpose. He has no story. He has no agency. I, he's a I pointless think... character. I think if, if if forgetting that these, these 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 students at the Xavier Academy come from families, families that ultimately either have ignored or rejected them because of their differences, I think that's something worthy of exploring. And even it if is. it comes off in a jokey but way, I, but I don't think they actually explore it. They make one reference. They make a joke, and they're surprised he's a mutant. Sure. And his brother. So it's not like they really truly address it. And yeah, they're like, let's have a moment right, where we, we talk about prejudice. We and, don't. We don't return to it because we don't have time because we spent an hour at the dam. Yeah, but, uh, but I mean, I just, yeah. if you're going to put that scene in, it has to pay off. It has to have something, but it has nothing. And it's played, I think, in my opinion, and it's here's, played to be a bit. Here, and then it's something. followed by a ridiculously stupid scene. Well, here's something. Why didn't, why wasn't there a character, it didn't have to be Bobby, but a character who has that experience. Like they run away from the school, they escape and they go back home. They have that experience where their family doesn't understand them, and they the family has a a, a spectrum of responses from both um, rejection of who they are to straight outright fear, and then you know the police scene, the police are called, that happens. Why isn't that the character, whether it's Bobby or Pyro, that is that is approached by Magneto? Like that would be the vulnerable yes. X Men who should be plied to join the because other side. Here's because... the other problem I have with that scene. They're talking about his brother is afraid of mutants because they're dangerous his parents don't understand it and don't want him to be a mutant and it's immediately followed by a scene where a mutant tries to kill several police officers responding to a call about people being held captive in their home right he is straight up a bad guy thus proving that kid is right mutants are evil it's like it that seems so crazy because one wolverine puts his claws out for no reason why would he do that I, i didn't understand that then when he's like, I'm going to put them away, I'm going to point them at you first? Like, just fucking make them go back into your hand. Some bad but, calls there. But here's but, the but, thing that gets me is, that cop shoots Wolverine in an instant. Just like yeah. right in the head. Doesn't go for a body shot. He kills this guy in all intents and purposes. Then a kid has a two minute speech about how he's a dangerous mutant. Creates a fireball. Hits the dude's partner. This guy never fires another shot. <laughs> Like, yeah, wait, it, you can't make him a trigger-happy cop who's just like, I've rethought my life in the last 15 seconds. It's highly illogical. But what I'm getting at is, yeah, I think if this scene could have paid off with resulting in that character either being tempted, successfully or not, with, with joining Magneto because, you know, having had their own family not just reject them, but try and get him captured or killed, like, I, I think that it, would be enough... To justify a sequence yeah, of like, an X-Men rejecting, if, you know, If the, the movie Xavier had been, way. like, it had been Pyro, and they had gone to his house, and he tries to explain to his parents, but he's not been a bad guy so far. He's been, like, a real lovable... Right, he's been, he's been a this believable human being up yes, to he, any not, point before he's this He's not sequence. a character short of a man, like, twisting a mustache while he puts a woman on a railroad track. Had they done that, like you said, and then it had been sort of like the... 
you know, sometimes the reactions to people who are different lead to those people being marginalized and, and become the thing that you were afraid they were going to become, but it's your reaction that creates it. You know, there's like a great book yeah, you can read about that, the IRA that they talk about how this guy basically becomes a member because he's beat up by the British for no reason. He was a perfectly, he was a law-abiding citizen, but then they beat him up and he's like, you know what, fuck him. And it's like, oh, you, you know, that's like an interesting yeah, exactly. thing they could have exactly. done. And then they could have built up at the end. Great, but yeah, it doesn't yeah. pay off that way. And yeah. yeah, so that's my point. It's like, I would have preferred they just cut all of that out because that scene doesn't really need to be in there. Wolverine just drives to Boston on his own or something, or he takes the kids somewhere and then he meets up with them and they leave. Sure. And then you spend more time giving me something with Jean Grey and her power. You spend a little more time maybe with Wolverine building up his uh, backstory a little more. Give me some sort of background with lady death strike and striker and make it be that she's not like just doing his bidding because like we see a scene later where she goes to an office and it's like wait he's like drugging her to be like an office worker like she's at an office i I know she's getting like a trank gun or whatever but it's so bizarre like she shows up at an office building and they all recognize her to be like wait are they just like running like she's just also doing like secretarial work at the same so i wish they would have made her like more of a badass and then that fight scene would have been more enjoyable and meaningful instead of like you said a man murdering an innocent person graphically yeah a man who also cannot die so he really didn't need to kill her yeah there's there's, he's like the only person that could have resolved itself yeah yeah it's yeah it's it's a lot of it's it's a lot of good scenes and uh, a fair amount of missed opportunity, but ultimately, yeah, I think I think it's certainly one of the better X Men movies up until they start start getting their shit together later with the the first class stuff. Um, but I mean, it's 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 amazing that you can make this film, which is so close to figuring out a lot of big ideas that would be pretty incredible, and move on to the fucking last stand, which yes, is the which is terrible. But that is for a different episode. That is true. Uh, all right. Well, I think I've, um, I think I've done my best to defend the movie. Hopefully, for fans of the film that are listening, they think I've done my job to keep Pogues at bay. I don't know. I spent a lot of time making fun of Bobby, so we'll see. He's, he's uh, pretty worthless. I, I don't think you're gonna find a lot of people to be like, "Hey, you're giving Iceman like." Also, hey, why didn't Iceman just freeze the water as it came out towards the plane? Problem oh, solved. No shit. <laughs> or um, why didn't Storm create like some sort of? Uh, like a typhoon that just blew it the opposite direction there's all sorts of also i do just want to say how many people you think she killed creating those tornadoes above new york while they're flying away oh my god yeah and then she just lets or, two jets with missiles on them crash. like those explosions would have been so big or why was magneto there yeah thank god he was in the direction <laughs> they were flying thank god he was in a remote pennsylvania desert like like forest like, yeah thank god um, and appeared anyway. to be just standing there, not like in the <laughs> yeah. air following him or anything, with no vehicle around. Yeah, just just there. Amazing. Um, I, I think. Would you recommend this movie? Yeah, I think I would. I mean, especially if you're coming off of the first one and it was it didn't dissuade you. Like this is only it's only up from the first one. So if the first one didn't piss you off for whatever reason, then I think definitely watch the second one. For yeah, sure. I would actually say watch this one. Uh, I mean, obviously, if you have zero interest in the X Men, no, I would I would say don't waste your no, time because you're not. not do anything for you. But if you enjoy it just a little bit, or I think this would be a fine movie to watch with friends and just sort of make fun of because there is enough there to be like. This is dumb, but it's not, like, so dumb that it's, like, painful to watch. It's not like Barbarella where you're just like, I just want this to end. I'm not – it's uh, it's bad, but I'm not enjoying it. Unless you're a uh, fan of Cyclops because you will not be getting that. Oh, yeah. Film. Cyclops may be less effective than Bobby. <laughs> Cyclops is straight written out of this fucking movie, and he's he only fires his laser beams, I think, once. And At his wife. And people over why is he knocking people over with his laser beams? Also, I did just want to... This just made me think of something. At the end, after Jean Grey's dead, Professor X is talking about it. And he's like, I guess she just made a choice. Which is, like, not a great thing to tell somebody. Like, he's like, why'd she have to do it? There had to be another way. Well, she made a choice. It's like, that's not really an answer. That sounds like she just killed herself then. But I love when they're leaving. And Wolverine's like, hey, she did make a choice. And it was you. It's like, he basically is like, hey... I tried to fuck your wife, and she decided, nah, we shouldn't do it. <laughs> not like, it's, it's not a comforting message to tell a husband. It's like, 
wait, did you try to sleep with my wife? I don't yeah, wanna, I took, it's I, such a weird took, thing to say. I took a run at it, but don't worry. You yeah. know, she she kissed me, but you know, we didn't, we didn't, uh, we didn't. Yeah, there was tongue, and I grabbed her ass a little, but then she wasn't into it. I guess probably it was just such, anyway. to me such a hilarious way to be like, "Hey, good on you. Your dead wife liked you." <laughs> Sorry, she died. I gotta go on my motorcycle. Bye. Wee. So and then. Leaving Cyclops just staring in the distance because, well, I don't have accelerated healing. <laughs> I can't wait till the next movie. I get disintegrated in the first 15 minutes. I get to mourn at a lake for an act. Yeah, um, because uh, I chose to be in Superman Returns. But Great we'll choice. cover that. <laughs> we should cover that in our podcast, Bad Career Choices. Yikes. Well, that'll be it for this week. Uh, if you have a suggestion for a movie you want to see us do, or if you want to disagree with us, you can go to Facebook and uh, leave a message at facebook.com slash naospod. You can also go to soundcloud.com slash naos, and you can actually leave comments there on the file itself. You can even like timestamp them to be like, you want to make a comment about something we said at a specific time, you can type in right then. Uh, leave us messages we read them if you have suggestions for a movie you should let us know because we have a terrible time picking these so please let us know a film you'd like to see us do it would really help us out and uh, come back next week for a mini episode where we'll tell you which movie's up next Kurt Wagner here to do the outro <laughs> <laughs>